DJ and PK, time now to talk a little college football with Frank Dolce. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're not having any technical difficulties today. Rock uh, solid today, Frank. We're rocking. Yep, awesome. Frank, we're PK from yeah. the South Bay. What's up, G? <laughs> That's my guy. PK's my guy. Frank, we're going to start you off with the question of the day. Are you ready? Absolutely. What should Ute fans want to have happen with the BYU-USC game? BYU softens them up. Utah sets up a showdown. Can't root. Hate them both. Don't care. It's our year. Bring them on. Hmm. I, I would be more – can I modify one of those answers? I would be more along the lines of don't care, but I wouldn't go so far as to say bring them on, it's our year. I think the, the uh, you know, I, I, want, I want Kalani Sataki to do well. I, I love Kalani, and I hope he has great success. But the, the Pac-12 over the weekend was – I thought it was really interesting – and now, all of a sudden, what seemed like maybe a more clear path to the championship game for Utah got all muddied up because USC looks like they have athletes running all over the field. And, and they, you know, like they did to Fresno State at times, they mugged Stanford at times. And then Colorado goes and and beats Nebraska, and, you know, I guess the UCLA is no good. I guess the surprising one was it was Arizona State letting Sac State kind of kind of hang around. Uh, and then how about Cal beating Washington? I mean, the, the Pac-12, what we thought was going to be the Pac-12, changed in my mind over the weekend. So I think the biggest surprise there was the quarterback for SC, the freshman, not the redshirt freshman, but the the first-year freshman coming in there and doing what he did. What does it take to have a kid who only in his second game of college played a little bit in the first game because of the injury, but to do like he did with a 28 of 33 for 377 yards against a Pac-12 defense was just off the charts. How do you explain it? Well, the first thing is he was – he had to be extraordinarily well prepared physically and mostly mentally to go in and take on that challenge. And who knows, maybe he's just too young to, to understand what, what's happening. But, but uh, he, he stepped in there. He looked like he was confident. He looked like he knew what he wanted to do. And credit to coaching staff for getting him to that point and putting a game plan in place that he could execute because he executed it very, very well. And then, you know, and then he has – an offensive line that, that plays, I mean, those guys played pretty darn well. You know, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't, he was harassed a little bit here and there, but he wasn't really harassed that often. You, you need some help to, to make plays like that and to, and to throw for that percentage. And then, I mean, he has, he has a terrific running back, maybe a couple, uh, solid running game, which is, in my mind, a quarterback's best friend is a good running game. And then I don't know how many 
You mean he he maybe he has four receivers that are that are top three round NFL draft guys. So he has some weapons around him. And by the way, did did it, did you notice this? It, it looked to me like there was a significant speed differential between USC and Stanford. And I like Stanford. I love David Shaw, but but he he was certainly extremely well prepared uh, to execute that game plan, and he got he has a lot of help. He has a lot of athletes around him. So <clears throat> I think you know the interesting thing about the way the conference changed over weekend that you reference is a lot of it. A lot of it comes down to. Are you settling for field goals or are you scoring touchdowns? Washington kicked four field goals against Cal. You score some touchdowns, Cal's not around to win that game at the end. You look at Stanford, they had six potential scoring drives, but four field goals, and they missed two of them. And SC, with the exception of that early field goal, is scoring a touchdown every time. How much of this just comes down to how good you are in the red zone? There isn't that much separating a lot of these teams. Yeah, red zone – execution and red zone percentage on both sides of the ball is significantly important. And, and, and I think, you know, typically I agree with you on that point that you have to score touchdowns. You know, this is, you know, I, I say it sometimes, this is a game where you have to score touchdowns to win because the other, you know, the opposing offense, I, I feel that way about when you play Washington state, like Washington state is a game where you have to go and score touchdowns because they're going to score touchdowns and you can't get away with scoring field goals. Maybe Utah is, is the, is the best team around with the ability to kick field goals and still figure out a way to win football games than anybody else. Um, And that's why they're, that's why they're, you know, it's a good matchup when, when they play. That's why when, when I look at their schedule and I say, okay, Utah versus Washington, I like that matchup better because I think Utah can force Washington to, to do those things, kick field goals. And then if you're trading field goals, you know, you figure out a way to come out of that game on top. It's why I don't like the matchup with Washington State and Utah because now you're, you have to put yourself in a position where you're, you're either playing catch-up or you're you know, in the red zone. You have to be 100% efficient because Washington State is going to score a, a bunch of touchdowns. So – uh, yeah, red zone efficiency is significantly important in the league, and and it it does spell the difference between you know which team is going to represent the conference in the championship game and which team won't. Um, but interestingly, I think Utah wins that battle more often than not when it comes down to a field goal game, just because that's their style of play. Have any concern at all that the Northern Illinois quarterback was able to throw for 202 yards in the first half, knowing that I think he only had like 27 or so in the second half? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that those, those things are are very concerning. You because you have this expectation that the Utes will will take Northern Illinois and and basically dismantle them at the line of scrimmage, and and then it's going to be you know, maybe a, a one or two yard run average throughout the day. And the quarterback's going to throw for, you know, maybe 50% completions and, and maybe a hundred and so hundred or so yards over the course of the day. And so when, when, when the expectation is not met and when you see guys 
kind of running around the field and go on a scoring drive and then you you know you know you kind of you kind of think about that a little bit and you think about teams that Utah's going to face moving forward and and how they're going to utilize that type of game field. So yeah, I think there's concern. Although I would say I would also say this that the game got pretty boring after that, you know, after Northern Illinois went on that first scoring drive, maybe scored their second touchdown and then and then the game was not exciting anymore because it never felt like after that point, even when Utah went up by, I think, three points at one point, it felt like, well, okay, the game, Utah has the game in control. It's never, it wasn't really in doubt after that point. And although I think Utah made some improvements and took a step forward in some areas, you know, they still have some improvement to make. So, uh, yeah, but, but, but for sure, I think there's a little concern about the teams Utah's going to face in the pass game and how they're going to manage that based on what happened in the first half uh, last weekend. You know, college sports, PK always says sports reinvents itself all the time, but college sports really does because guys are there, you know, two to four years, whatever. Do you see any of these new guys for the Utes? And some of them have been on the team before. Some are relatively new here. But do you see anybody breaking out behind Moss because they were distributing the ball, both running and throwing the ball to guys out of the backfield or out of the slot? who haven't gotten a lot of touches, and they're all making plays, and I don't know that they'll be able to do that in the Pac-12. I don't know if it's a one-off. Are any of them you think have a little more staying power you're willing to bet on a little more than some of the other guys? Uh, playing in the, in, in the running back position? Yeah. And some yeah, of the running backs, like... they line up in slot too, so I, and it's a little gray area. but Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, uh, I like Will Moore. I mean, I think there's a guy that, that has some potential, but – but the problem is these guys are going to have to break out on very few Touches. opportunities. Yeah. I mean, they're just not going to get opportunities. If Moss stays healthy, then, then he's just going to carry, and he should, you know, 90% of the touches in the running back position are going to be to, to Moss. So they're going to have to break out on, on a few carries a game, and that's really, that's really difficult to do, especially when I feel like the running back position, for the most part, is a, is a position group that – needs to get into a rhythm in the football game and, and have a have a bunch of touches. But but I think I, I like Will Moore. I like all the other guys. I like I like uh, Henry Cole and I like I like Brumfield and I like TJ Green. I don't think they quite fit in the same class. I think they would be very uh, they, they, they they would be productive backs and they would bring a little different style to the running back position but I don't know that I necessarily put them in the same like the same productivity that you can count on each week from the running back position group I like all of those guys I think they're they're really talented guys but there's a clear separation I think between those guys and certainly Zach Moss and maybe maybe even a little bit in Wilmore I think Zach Wilson certainly got his best win Last week against Tennessee, since he's been the starter, so now that he has that in his back pocket, how much better do you think he can be going forward? Oh yeah, that's a great win. That's a fantastic win, uh, a really good win on the road in in a, in a hostile environment and 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 facing some adversity and and figuring out how to make a play. I mean, it's all, those are all the things that that college football is built on. I mean, all of that type of excitement, and so now. Can 
can Kalani and and his team build on that? Uh, where, where did they? What did they do really well in that game? Where do they need to improve from from that game? What you know? What are opposing defenses going to learn from what Tennessee did or or didn't do in that game? So yeah, I think there's plenty plenty to build on, and and it should be you know certainly on the confidence side should give uh, BYU something to, to build on moving forward. Still, I think they're, you know, they have a couple, they have a couple really difficult games coming up. And so it'll be interesting to see how they, how they respond. Uh, USC, like, like I said, the athleticism at USC is very intriguing. Now, I don't know that I'm, I still don't know that I'm sold on coach Helton. Uh, I like, I mean, like he's a really like, he would be a guy that you'd want to hang out with. He seems like a really good guy. And, and, but, but then do you think, well, I don't know if he's really gotten the most out of the talent that he's had available at USC. So and it, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about him leading that team, but, but and there's a lot of athletes, and athleticism typically wins out uh, in, you know, in, a, in a college football game. Lot, lots of times it does anyway. And then, and then Washington is – you know they're just they're just going to make it. They, they'll make it difficult. They'll make it really difficult uh, on BYU right at the line of scrimmage, and and uh, which was interesting because Cal seemed to push push Washington around a little bit. But but Washington will you know do a lot a lot of things that Utah does and try and make you one dimensional, and they'll try and keep uh, Wilson in the pocket and keep him hemmed in a little bit and force him to do things under pressure that he doesn't doesn't necessarily want to do. And then after that, I think. After those next two games, I think BYU has a has a very good opportunity in their schedule to to pick up a lot of nice wins. So uh, certainly lots to build on from a great win on the road under difficult circumstances. Um, but it doesn't the task doesn't necessarily get any easier with with USC coming to town. You know, for the Utes, they're two and zero right now. You just said, you know, when you have the better athletes, you can win a lot of college football games. Have you learned a lot about this team that you think will help kind of tell the story when they're playing the top end of the Pac-12 schedule? Or are those still all question marks? And I guess more importantly, do you think the coaches have learned and figured anything out from these first couple games that will help them against the top end of the Pac-12 schedule? I'm sure the coaching staff has figured something out or, or have they, they've witnessed something on game film that maybe we just don't – we aren't privy to. So – yeah, I'm sure inside the walls they're tweaking things, and I, you know, I think they tried some some new stuff here and there against Northern Illinois that may not ever see the light of day again. But so so they're this is this is a game when they go into Idaho when Idaho State comes to town that they have to really get fine tuned heading into heading into the Pac-12 schedule. In in terms of matchups for Utah the rest of the way. At the beginning of the year, I thought, well, there, you know, there looks like there's maybe two losses on the schedule, or I should, maybe I should say, kind of likely that there are two losses on the schedule. And then the four teams I picked it for those losses: Washington, Washington State, USC, and uh, Arizona State. And I thought that Washington State was at the top of my list. Well, I, you know, I think I'm going to have to add another to that list because of the way Colorado played and the way they've played the last couple of weeks and the way their quarterback is playing and the passing game. PK, you mentioned the passing game. 
which, you know, gives a little bit of concern on, in the Utah secondary. So Colorado might jump into there in the mix of being a team that you once thought, well, yeah. Utah should be able to. I feel very confident Utah's going to get a win with Colorado. Well, I don't know. Maybe you don't feel so confident in, in that anymore based on the way Utah's performed the first couple of weeks. I, you know, they've been good wins, solid wins, but I don't think they've been wins where you think, well, this is a Utah football team that is going to the Rose Bowl this year. I would think you would say, this is a Utah football team that has a lot of talent and all of the opportunity in front of them to go to the Rose Bowl if they do things the right way week in and week out um, and don't get caught up in, you know, in one of those games that they, you know, they somehow figure out how to fumble away. But, but certainly the path is a little more muddy than, than we thought previous to the last couple weeks. Uh, for me, I always thought that Colorado is not going to win the South for sure. They may not even contend, but on any given Saturday, when you got a fifth-year senior quarterback who knows what he's doing, certainly he knows what he's doing, that they can be dangerous on that given Saturday. So I totally agree with you. I would also, and I've always had this because of their defense and their running game against Washington was decent enough, that I would put Cal in there as not a cakewalk either. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I, I, uh, I, I left them out unintentionally, but, but the way that Cal played, and I love their, I love their head coach, and I think he does it, does it the right way, and I love the way. I don't know if you got a chance to watch their, them play against, against Washington, but some of the defensive blitzes, I mean, they had, they had safeties a few times for kind of managing the snap count. They had safeties blitzing from the safety position, like lined up 10 or 12 yards downfield, and all of a sudden here comes a flash of white blitzing from the defensive secondary. I mean, I just thought it was very, very creative and obviously very effective the way that he's running that football team. And I, you know what, it's, it's, like, it's like one of those things. I, 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 like, I like more parity in, in the Pac-12. I like all the teams to be good. And, and I know that people say, well, then you beat each other up and you don't give yourself as, you know, the best opportunity to get to a playoff. And I don't know if that's, if that, if that's the best thing. I, would rather, I, I think I would rather have some parity when you have these competitive games week in and week out. And I think that's where, where Cal has put itself. There are a few teams in the league that still – need to get there and and hopefully they you know they'll kind of figure it out over the next couple seasons but but i love the way cal's playing and and to knock off washington two years in a row and this one at washington absolutely you have to circle that one on, on utah's schedule as now that becomes a question mark frank as always we appreciate a few minutes thanks for coming on and uh talking a little utah football Absolutely. You know, you guys, it's my, uh, of all the shows I get to do on 1280, don't tell anyone that yours is my very favorite. <laughs> I've heard you say that on other shows, Frank. Dang. I've we're, not. We're on to Never you. said that we're to anybody you, else. We're on to you. We see what you're doing, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think you guys are awesome. So have all a great right. day. Go with that. I look forward to catching up with you soon.